Hey guys, and welcome to a brand new episode of Nerds Talk Movies. My name is Taylor. I'm going to be your host today. Joining me for this very super episode is none other than Donnie Smith Jr. Donnie, how you feeling? I am feeling, as you said, pretty super. <laughs> I, this has been an episode that's been on our docket for a while. Like, I've wanted to do a spoiler talk on the Super Mario Brothers movie. But, man, every opportunity where it's like, oh, yeah, well, The Flash is coming out. We gotta do a spoiler talk there. Yeah. Okay, across the Spider-Verse. Okay, we already, like, we committed to doing Ready Player One, and then nobody. We're finally getting the Super Mario Brothers, and I'm stoked for it. Because this is a movie that, before I did leave social media, it was divisive. Yeah. And a lot of it is because of that voice cast. And I can't wait to hear what your thoughts on it were before you saw the movie and how you felt afterwards. But before I get into your opinions on this movie, let's talk about what we're watching. You saw the title. You know the deal. Today, we're talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Here's a synopsis for the Super Mario Brothers movie, courtesy of IMDb. Quote, a plumber named Mario travels through an underground labyrinth with his brother Luigi trying to save a captured princess. And here are some of the main cast for the film, along with director and writer credits. Again, this is coming from IMDb. It was directed by Aaron Horvath and Michael Jelinek. I think I got that right. It was co-directed by Pierre Leduc and Fabian Pollock. It was written by Matthew, Fo Matthew Fogel. The voice cast goes as follows. Chris Pratt as Mario. Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach. Jack Black as Bowser. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Charlie Day as Luigi. Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. And Charles Martinet as Mario and Luigi's dad slash Giuseppe. And Martinet is known as the voice of Mario from the video games. Oh, and finally, Mario is a character created by Shigeru Miyamoto <laughs> and Nintendo. Terrible with names, Donnie. <laughs> Lastly, before we get into our general thoughts, movies and TV shows are driven by more than just a director, writer, and cast. There are hundreds of people who are working hard on each project. So for each movie or show we cover, we also spotlight either a certain group of the crew or a specific crewmate, depending on what we think is the movie or show's best trait. Cast members not included in our main cast section are also eligible to be selected for this part, too. With the Super Mario Brothers movie, Donnie, what did we go with? Well, we decided to go with the art director and... Hopefully I'm saying this right, Mathayu Gosselin? I uh, think you got it right. I think you nailed it. Like, it is hard not so. to be impressed with animation in this movie. So, I threw it out to you. I was like, what do you think this movie's best quality is? You immediately said animation. And while I was a little hesitant, because of the soundtrack and the original music is really good, I think the licensed music, and as you put it, is not completely, like, on-the-fly original. Mm -hmm. They're using something from before, so having this animation style and the way it just works so well and how beautiful it is, yeah, I think it's this movie's best trait. 
But what can we say about the Super Mario Brothers movie? This movie went through the meat grinder that is the internet, primarily due to a more flashy Hollywood cast and potentially finding the best voice actors for the job. You would think that, due to having the Hollywood cast, this is a sign that Nintendo and Illumination were going all in with this movie. And you can make the case they did. But you wouldn't think so if you simply looked at the movie's budget. As reported by Variety, the Super Mario Bros. movie costs about $100 million to make. Other animation studios, such as Disney and Pixar, are said to, quote, often cost twice that figure, end quote. In the end, the Super Mario Bros. movie was a monumental success for Nintendo and Illumination, with its questionable voice cast being praised and Jack Black being heralded as the standout in various reviews. We'll get to those reviews in a second. It made over a billion dollars worldwide, a feat that in 2023 seems to be very hard to accomplish. Furthermore, yes. while critics were very, were, I don't want to say very split, but for the most part it seemed like they were very split. Uh, general audiences kind of received this movie quite well. I know Rotten Tomatoes is not the end-all be-all. Honestly, it's not a strong indicator of anything, really. But I found a split to be a little funny, so here it is. As of July 2023, the Super Mario Bros. movie has a rotten rating with critics and a 58% overall rating. However, with the general audience, the film has a stellar 95% fresh rating. Like It's one of those kind of movies, people. This is... <laughs> I can't think of one off the top of my head, but you've seen them over the past few years. With all that being said, the Super Mario Bros. movie excelled at the box office, won over the general audience, has a complicated relationship with critics, and is most likely heading towards a ventral sequel, because I can't imagine Nintendo is content with just a one $1 billion movie. <laughs> so, let's talk about the movie itself and figure out where we land on it. Donnie, give me your backstory on the Mario franchise, how you felt about it going in, and then get into your general thoughts on this movie. Well, uh, when it comes to Mario and myself, I have been a pretty hardcore fan pretty much my entire life. Like so many people, Mario was one of the very first video games I ever played, uh, specifically for me, Super Mario All-Stars on the Super Nintendo. And ever since then, I've been hooked. I play everything I can get my hands on. I collect merch. I'm a pretty big fanboy when it comes to Mario. And that's why I was worried originally, just right from the announcement. Because for so long, after the uh, 1993 masterpiece, that is the live-action Mario movie, I was afraid that Mario could not translate well into film. I just accepted that. Um, and it seems like with everything, every announcement made... I Still got a little more skeptical, but all that changed when I saw the first trailer. And all things considered, I actually really, really like this movie. Yeah, I loved Mario as a kid. It's one of my childhood gaming franchises. That, The Legend of Zelda, Star Fox. I was a Nintendo kid. All mm -hmm. right. So I played all those games growing up. And when they announced this movie, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be horrible. <laughs> And, of course, you brought up the 90s movie. The 90s movie, I know you're being a bit facetious, 
But there is like a charm to how bad it is. There is. And but then you look <laughs> into like the uh main lead, I forgot the actor's name off the top of my head. Bob Haskins, I think. Uh, I think Bob Hoskins, died. yeah. Bob Hoskins. Almost dying on set, and you're like, well, yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> well, he lived, okay? That's the important yeah. part. He lived. So there's a charm to the movie. But at the same time, <laughs> it just, it's not good. Mm-hmm. It ain't it. So that wasn't good. You already had, whenever this gets announced, you know how the track record is with video game movie adaptations. So you're already thinking in your mind, you're like, <sighs> oh, this is about to be a train wreck. Then that Sonic the Hedgehog movie came out. And it was quite good. Yes. And it kind of changed my perspective on the potential of this Mario movie. And then the voice cast happened, and all the hoopla around it, and mainly Chris Pratt as Mario. we got to talk about the elephant in the room here. (laughs) And I never fully got behind the, oh man, we should have got Charles Martinet to be Mario. Because I, I... I get why people say that. Like, oh, he's not doing a... Chris Pratt's not going to do a exaggerated Italian accent. I'm like, yeah, he's not. Because that would get a little grating for a two-hour movie if he was doing this fake accent. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, the Mario Mario's voice in the games are iconic, but it's not exactly like he's a chatterbox. He'll say yippee every now and again, but it's not like he has full monologues. A whole movie would get really annoying really quickly. So I found myself, every time the topic came up to my friends or whatever, I'd find myself like defending the voice cast, and not just Chris Pratt. I'd be like, no, I kind of like it, especially Jack Black. Like That was the one yes. thing, I think no matter where you landed on the voice cast, I think a lot of people are like, no, Jack Black's going to crush it. And we'll talk about it. He does. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, getting into my general thoughts, when I finally got to see it, when all the hoopla faded... This movie's not great. It's not bad. It's not even okay. It's just fun, and it's good. I would say this is a very easy 7.5 out of 10 movie. Yes. Very comfortable saying that. That's not a bad thing. I think this is one of those cases where people, whenever they say, well, movies can just be fun, all right? We don't have to always make a statement. We don't have to have this big dramatic thing. People don't have to go through a crazy character arc. This is the kind of movie I think they're talking about. And it's less of like a Fast and Furious 11. (laughs) Whereas they've done it so many times. I think people are like, all right, can y'all do something a little more? (laughs) Just different. Can you change the pace it up a little bit? But you watch something like the Super Mario Bros. Ah, the Super Mario Bros. movie. It's been getting me all episode. (laughs) And I think you just look at it and you're like, man, it's just a lot of fun. And in my general thoughts here, like I said, I think it's a very fun movie. I think there's a lot of really funny gags in the movie. I think they get a lot right. And I think the voice cast is the arguably the best part of the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Other than two names. I have a problem with two characters, but we'll get into it. Got anything else to add before we move on to our Senate performance? You know, when you brought up how it's a fun movie and it's not trying to be anything else, that was one of my biggest fears because we kind of mentioned this with our Nobody episode. Everything has to be a big cinematic universe. And so I was afraid that's what this movie was going to be. It's just, you know, this isn't just a Mario movie. It's the first movie in a Nintendo Cinematic Universe. 
You thought um, this was going to end with somebody coming up to Mario and being like, I'm here to tell you about the Super Smash Brothers initiative. Exactly. Um, which, the fanboy in me, I just want to say this, if they were to make a Smash Brothers movie, I would support it 100%, but that's beside the point. Um, it's just this movie isn't trying to be anything more than it is. It's just a simple, fun love letter to the franchise. And that's all it should have been, and that's why I like it so much. I think that's why I'm kinder to this movie, too, because it feels like a love letter to video game players who, mm-hmm. re- whether you played the game in the 90s or you played the Super Mario Galaxy games or Odyssey, if you played Mario, you got the Easter eggs, a lot of them, or at least some of them. You got, You felt like you were in on it, you know? And it didn't feel like it was just catering to, oh, yeah, the back-in-my-day people. Like, you know, yeah. you and I. Or kids <laughs> who were played who played Odyssey and stuff like that. It did feel like everybody was allowed in on the Easter eggs. Like, they were behind the scenes there. And that's what, something that I think was really cool about this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I, I guess we could talk about this a little more later, but the Easter eggs themselves, there were a lot of them. Like, way too many to count. But, at least to me, I don't think it was distracting. You know, it's not like the movie just stopped and like winked at the audience saying, hey, you remember this? No, it just kind of showed it and then moved on. And that I liked that, too. Yeah. And the few times I did go like, hey, remember this? It Like you said, it didn't completely stall the momentum of the movie. Like, this is a breakneck pace movie right here. There's not a whole lot to stop. And like characters don't go through crazy arcs. Yeah. In this movie. And I know it's a family movie and stuff like that, but you look at something like Puss in Boots' Last Wish, you look at the old Shrek movies, Toy Story, there are arcs there that, whether you're a kid just there for the animation and the fun factor, or you're a parent that's like, man, this movie's actually really good. Yeah. You're not going to get the depth from the Shrek, the Toy Story, Puss in Boots' Last Wish, none of that, but you get the fun part. This isn't like an emoji movie. Oh. That if you were a parent sitting there with your kid, you're going to just be sitting there and going, oh my god, when is this movie over? It's so fucking bad. Yeah. Ugh. But I think a big reason why people really enjoyed this movie the way they did is because of the voice cast. And we're going to talk about Jack Black in a second. I just, I'm going to forget about it, so I'm going to go ahead and get my two standouts in a bad way out of the way. I did not like Cranky Kong. I did not like Donkey Kong. Fred Armiston as Cranky Kong, I think that was more of a choice of how he wanted Cranky Kong to be, and it just didn't click with me. He didn't really sound all that cranky yeah. <laughs> to me. He just uh, I don't know what the best word to use. He just He just sounded a little disinterested. I want to say. Yeah, he's like bored. Not cranky, just kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. This is where I kind of have the problem with people calling out Chris Pratt. Going, he's not going to change his voice at all. And then he actually does a Brooklyn accent in the movie. That's pretty good. And yep. I'd put him up there, not with Jack Black, but that second tier. I think he's as good as Andy Taylor-Joy and Keegan-Michael Key. I think those three do a really damn good job in this movie. But Jack Black's just at the top. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. far below, like, 
Seth wrote, oh, also Charlie Day in that list. That's what that second tier list. But <laughs> he's barely in the movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he should have been in the movie more. We'll get he should there. have. <laughs> but Seth Rogen, he didn't try. And he didn't really, like, even with the laugh. That's the, the very least. I was like, if he can pull off the Donkey Kong laugh, I'm good with this creative choice. But he didn't even do yeah. it. He didn't try. So those are my two cons. What are your standout performances? Uh, in terms of positive, uh, we, Jack Black, obviously. And again, we'll talk about it more. So that's definitely one. But my next one is Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Because, again, like, kind of going back with the original Mario voice, if he just did Toad's voice through the whole movie, it would have been awful. Like, I love Toad, but his voice is annoying. But he changes it enough to where, like, especially when he yells, like, you hear Toad there, but he, it's not like nails on a chalkboard when he talks. And if you would have, if I didn't know who Toad was, I probably wouldn't have been able to guess that it was Keegan-Michael Key at all. Yeah. You can kind of, uh, like, once you know it's him, you can start to hear it. You're like, oh, yeah. That, you can yeah, well, Michael Key in there. But you're right. I think he does a mildly subdued version of Toad's usual voice. And whenever he does, like, yell, you're like, oh, nope. I recognize that annoying scream. That's Toad. Yeah, there's Toad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, this movie, how do I say this? It knows that some of the characters are annoying. Like in the original games. It knows that. And so it gives you little nods to the original voices, but it it the directors, everybody, understood, hey, let's not do those voices. You know. Even though people hated it at first when the voice cast was announced, but I knew right away that that was the right choice. What are some of your other standout performances? Anya Taylor Joy as Peach. Because again, Peach usually is just in the games, how do I say this, whiny when she does talk? Like, just the way she enunci- enunciates herself? I'm gonna be honest with you, she doesn't really have a character. No, she doesn't, at all. No, so this movie doesn't. does a lot to me to give Princess Peach an actual character. They're like, oh, okay, this actually feels like it was... <laughs> like, for all the stuff that's like, oh yeah, this movie doesn't have really any character development or any depth, it at least does something with Peach. While keeping yeah. the motivation for Bowser, which we'll get into later, that I loved. But, uh, yeah, I, I was really happy with Anya Taylor-Joy here. She, she had fun with it. Well, I, I think that's the way they all were, well, for the most part. Um, but Anya Taylor-Joy, yeah, she just had a blast with it, and that made me have a blast. Yeah. Uh, how'd you feel about Chris Pratt and Charlie Day as Mario and Luigi? I rooted for Charlie Day right from the beginning. He was one of the ones when I saw his voice, I said, yeah, yeah, that's Luigi. I buy that 100%. And again, even though he's not used a lot, which is a shame because I've always been a Luigi guy. If I have a choice to play as Luigi, that's who I'm playing as. And so it's a shame he wasn't in it a lot, but when he was in it, I thought he shined. And it's because of Charlie Day. Chris Pratt, when he was announced, I thought it was weird, but I didn't hate it, mostly because I've seen the Lego movie. And he's in that movie, and he did great in it. So I was like, he can voice act. I know he's capable. And he does... He has the Brooklyn accent, but it's not over-the-top. Kind of like, I don't know if you've ever seen the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, when it's just over-the-top Brooklyn, and it's not over-the-top Italian. He has he found a nice middle ground, and I respect that. Yeah, and I love the parts where they were doing the commercial at the beginning of the movie. 
and that oh, went yes. into the exaggerated accent. And then you had the awesome Charles Martinet cameo to where they both asked, like, oh, man, do you think it was too much? And Charles Martinet's character, Giuseppe, just pops in. It's like, no, it wasn't. Just a great on-the-nose Easter egg right out the gate. Yes. That really just hammers home to the audience. Like, okay, look, it's not going to be that voice. We're doing something different. But we're not going to forget about this guy. Because this guy is one of the reasons why people love Mario. Yeah. I was going to say another one of the standout performances to me was Carrie Payton as the Penguin King. And the actor who played Lumily, who is Juliet Jelenic, I think is how you pronounce that name. Those two do a wonderful job for different reasons. Luma Lee is one of the scene stealers in this movie. And it's so funny when you know Luma's original appearance, which is in Mario Galaxy. Um, You know, those characters in that game were just so happy all the time. And so knowing that and hearing what this character talks about is just, it's just so funny. Yeah. You got any other standouts before we get out of here and move on to our next subject? Charles Martinet as Mario's dad. And the reason being is he could have easily just did Mario's voice. And that would have been the funny little joke. But no, he actually... People don't realize Charles Martinet can do more than Mario. I mean, he was in Skyrim. Like, he can... He knows how to voice act. And I'm just glad this movie gave him a chance to do that. Even if it wasn't a giant part. Yeah, I love that. Let's talk about the art direction. Alright. This is something we pointed out earlier i think it's arguably the best part of the whole movie how'd you feel about the animation it to be honest surprised me because illumination they don't make bad animated movies i mean they look fine but they're like once you watch one illumination movie you kind of seen them all it's kind of by the numbers if that makes sense and that's not a bad thing so i was expecting mario to kind of be that illumination style just with mario characters and I remember seeing the first trailer and just being shocked at what I was looking at. It's, it, the art direction went above and beyond. And it really impressed me. Yeah, especially whenever Mario and Donkey Kong are in the water. Oh, yeah. And you could see the reflection from Rainbow Road. and it's, Oh, man, it just looks so gorgeous. I don't know why that stands out to me above anything else. It just does. Like, it, it looks so beautiful. And just the entire Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The Mushroom Kingdom and the whole Rainbow Road section just looks absolutely incredible. It could have just been a quick little Mario Kart reference, but no, they really took time and took care in it. <laughs> we'll talk about the Rainbow Road sequence later, but <laughs> they even took a shortcut. Which, which great. yeah, I loved it. Yeah, man, the art direction is just fantastic. We can't really get into too much detail on it because like, we're not experts in that field other than just saying, yeah, it looks gorgeous. It looks what else good. can we yeah. say? <laughs> but I, I, gotta, I gotta be a bummer. I do feel like this movie was lacking in a few things. And like I said before, it doesn't have a whole lot of depth to it. And I think it lacks for the story. I agree that it lacks in a story. I, I do. It's as basic as basic can be. But then again, I'm glad. Because the Mario games have never been rich in stories. It Peach gets kidnapped, Mario goes and saves her. That's about the 
gist of it. So I'm glad this movie didn't try to give this big, giant, overbloated story for Mario. You know, it did what it was supposed to do. That being said, though, it was really, really basic. I don't think the story is the part that I'm a little disappointed by. I think it's more just a lack of any kind of arc that a character goes through. Yeah. Because I'm not really... Like, Luigi's the only one who goes through an arc in this movie to me. Yeah. And Luigi's barely in the movie. So, I'm, I don't know, man. It's just a bit confusing. I feel yeah. like Mario doesn't really learn anything, r- really, in this movie. Like, he is the hero. He does believe in himself. I guess maybe it's a confidence thing, but it seems like he's always had confidence. Yeah. Like, the scene near the beginning when Mario and Luigi are running across the street, and it's the homage to the classic side-scrolling. It's like, Mario's, like, he, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. See, that's what I thought they possibly could have done, is make it to where, like, lean into he's not good at platforming. Yeah. And he doesn't really have the confidence. But he has more confidence than Luigi. That's something that I think they could have done and, like, had both brothers be built up in the movie. Yeah. I I thought that would have been kind of cool. But instead, it feels like Mario just gets kind of shafted there. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, he's just the main character who everybody knows and loves already. We got stuff to do with Peach, Bowser, and Luigi. One thing I wish they could have done is I love Mario and Luigi's relationship in the movie. But they could have given Mario a little bit more of a older sibling superiority kind of thing. It's like, yeah, you know, he loves Luigi, but he knows that he's better or he thinks he's better or whatever. And so he has to kind of overcome that and realize, no, I have to work with him in order to, you know, beat bouts or whatever. But you just, you don't really get that. He's already there at the beginning of the movie. I think that would have been cool. Again, this isn't like Clash of the Stash. Every time we ever bring up, here's what they could have done, it's not done in a... We're, we can do better than the writers or yeah. whatever. It's just done yeah. as us fans who are sitting here going like, yeah, we didn't really care for this. Here's what we personally think could have been done better, would have worked with what they were going for. Yeah. So we're just really just shooting the shit with it. But <laughs> I I do enjoy some of what they do here, especially with Luigi. Because I love mm-hmm. the whole, like, it felt like it was they were going to go into Luigi's mansion at one point. And how he's so scared of everything all the time. I love how Donkey Kong is a bit cocky. But it just, I don't know, man. I think it's i think it's mainly just Mario. Everybody in this movie except for Mario really gets something to do. Yeah, absolutely. So it just feels a little disjointed in that way. Um, you talked about the platforming. Yeah. I like the platforming in this movie. I do think there should have been a few more sections, though. Yeah. I can think of three major times. There's a part at the beginning, and then there's the training scene, which I just thought was hilarious. And then there's the part with Mario and Donkey Kong near the end, which is probably my favorite of the platforming scenes. Yep. How'd you feel about the licensed music? I do wish there was a little bit more original music, which there was. But I loved, absolutely adored what they did with the licensed music. They could have easily just ripped the music from the games, and that would have been it. But no, they really went all out with it. And just hearing like the big orchestrated version of like the Star Power theme especially, just it really put a big, giant, goofy grin on my face. It is kind of funny how Chris Pratt's in 10 movies this year, when No Sleep Till Brooklyn. <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about that. 
the reason I brought it up is because I couldn't stop thinking about that song during the first section whenever he's telling Luigi, let's go, and he takes that shortcut. I don't think it fit. It didn't, and I may be completely wrong about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I feel like most of the licensed music that's not Mario music was 80s music, which fits because it's Mario. Mario came out in the 80s, and I could be completely wrong about that, but I feel like most, if not all, of the licensed songs were from the 80s. It was a little distracting sometimes, but, I mean, it wasn't that huge of a deal for me. Yeah, I think for me, just because of how iconic the Mario soundtrack is, mm-hmm. that I'm not sure it needed licensed music. And if you were going to do it, like, very sparingly, but there's just a ton of tracks here, and it felt like somebody really loved Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And was like, alright, you know what? We got Chris Pratt, too. We're going to use some Guardians yeah. music here. That, to me, felt very Illumination. There's a few parts in this movie where I'm like, okay, that, that's that is clearly true. Illumination. It did feel and like a lot of that was Illumination. Yeah, that, I really feel like that's the case. The only one that I just really loved, and I'm glad it's there, is the holding out for a hero playing during the training montage. That just, for some reason, really cracked me up. <laughs> it really reminded me of Shrek. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I did feel like that one fit. Mm-hmm. But No Sleep Till Brooklyn, uh, Mr. Bright said at the end, that was really Guardians. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I know these are classic songs on their own, but a lot of these were featured in the Guardians movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to be like, wait, did you guys seriously just watch the trilogy and then <laughs> figure out what songs you were going to use in this movie? Because it feels like it. Uh <laughs> No Sleep Till Brooklyn, I get, because they're in Brooklyn. It's a little on the yeah. nose, but I could understand that as a coincidence. But Mr. Blue, Sky, Mr. Blue Sky, no, that wasn't a coincidence. I refuse to believe. Did I say Mr. Brightside? Yeah, I think you did. I didn't even think about that. Mr. Blue Sky, my bad. <laughs> I knew what you meant. I didn't I'm a even fake catch music that you fan, said it. okay? I'm you sorry. Are. How dare you? Gosh. But yeah, I think that's another con for me is I just think the licensed music, for me personally, didn't really fit because Mm -hmm. of the OG soundtrack just being so iconic and you're sitting there going, just use what you got. Also, it's cheaper. Yeah. You didn't even move down the budget a bit. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about Mario and Luigi, though. Yes. I love Mario and Luigi's relationship in this movie. Charlie Day and Chris Pratt have excellent chemistry together in this movie. And the one, like, I don't mean to keep, like, harping on the negatives... But man, it feels like they should have been in this movie more together. They really should have been. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm glad that they were able to do the climax together because I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was just going to be Mario. Uh, so at least they gave us that, but at, at least Luigi should have had more to do. Like He should have had his whole Luigi's Mansion arc, I think. Yeah, and I know I'm harping on it, but uh, th- that's something also a sequel could do. Yeah. And I know we sat here and talking about Nobody last week, and we were talking about, like, oh, not everything has to have a thousand sequels and cinematic universe. <laughs> Everybody knew going into this, okay, if this movie's good, if it has potential, if it does well financially, we're going to get a sequel. Oh, so, yeah. So that's something in the future. They can get Chris Pratt and Charlie Day more screen time together there as Mario and Luigi. And I think it's going to be gold because these two really crushed it. I love how they also, like, their accents are not, like you said, they felt more subtle. And Charlie Day sounds like Charlie Day. 
but he does just enough to me. Yeah. To be like, he is really, he is really trying to whereas to go back to Seth Rogen. It felt like that was just, I'm doing Seth Rogen. I'm doing my voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Mario and Luigi were great in this movie. Love the relationship. Also love Princess Peach. We talked about it earlier. I love how she actually had a character in this movie. She wasn't just the one getting kidnapped. And with the usual plot of Mario in the games, right? Princess Peach gets kidnapped. Mario has to go save her. I think they really wanted to subvert those expectations. And be like, okay, we're not going to have Peach be the damsel in distress this time. We're going to let her be an actual character. Let's actually do something with her here. So somebody had to go by the wayside. Unfortunately, it was Luigi. Makes a lot of sense. Nintendo don't give a fuck about Luigi. They don't. (laughs) They had the year of Luigi that one time, but that's it. And it's a shame. So Luigi drew the short straw. He was the one who got kidnapped and in another castle. Quite literally. How'd you feel about Princess Peach, though? I thought that she did great. When I saw the first few trailers and saw that she was actually competent, I was actually afraid that, you know, she was going to be this, you know, tough, strong character. And then at the You're end, she's going to get kidnapped anyway. Somebody back. played I the games and is like, how dare you? <laughs> Princess Peach in the games is very confident. She's an excellent leader. <laughs> yeah. Type oh, yeah. of comment right now. <laughs> But I was afraid that by the end of the movie, she was going to get kidnapped just to be kidnapped. And she does, but it makes sense. It doesn't ruin her character the way she gets kidnapped. And it's not just her. So I really, really like how they did with her. And if we do get sequels, I hope they continue that trend of the way she's been acting. Yeah, it did feel a little bit like they were overcorrecting, though, because they were like, okay, let's make her like a competent fighter and all this stuff out of the gate. But then they made her, like, perfect at the platforming and everything. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man. kind of felt like you just made her great at everything she does. <laughs> Without anything there, there's no room for improvement. Yeah. I actually, I really see what you're talking about. I didn't even think about that. Like, I get it, though. Their, I think their reasoning was fine enough to where she was saying, oh, I've been here the whole time. Like, what do you think? I just sit there and... Do nothing all day? No, I try. Yeah. So it makes yeah. sense why she is as good as she is. But if you're thinking long-term, like, okay, what is Princess Peach going to go through? You can't have it be like, oh, she's not great at platforming or fighting or anything like that, because you've already demonstrated in this movie she's awesome at it. So yeah. you've got to have it to be, okay, as a leader, I guess, or finding out where she came from. It's got to be one of those two. <laughs> yeah. Because you kind of limited yourself there. Like, it's a good problem to have, because other than it that, is. Yeah. I really did like her character, and Anya Taylor-Joy does a spectacular job, but she doesn't do better than Jack Black. No. Jack Black <laughs> is fucking amazing as Bowser, man. You know, like, they said Jim Carrey was great as Robotnik. He is amazing as Robotnik. Yeah. Like, he makes that Sonic movie, and Sonic too. And that's not even to, like, downplay those movies. They're really good. They're fun movies. Jack Black is just on another level here. You know, we're sitting here talking about how Seth Rogen doesn't change his voice, and it was kind of annoying. Jack Black, when he was announced, I didn't expect him to change his voice. His voice just it fits perfectly with Bowser, and yet, he did. He still changed it. There's a little bit of that Jack Black there, especially the singing, the Peaches scene, but I cannot think of a single flaw with his performance. I really can't. 
I'm actually upset that I rewatched this movie before we recorded. Because <laughs> ever since I wrapped up watching it, I've had peaches stuck in my head. It's <laughs> it's so fucking catchy. <laughs> I, he's so it, good it really is. Too. Like, he just gives that Jack Black flavor to Bowser. Yeah. And the thing is, is Jack Black, he plays video games, he knows about Mario. He, like, he knows the deal. Yeah. He's going into this like, okay, I know the pressure that's on this movie. Maybe some of the cast, maybe some of the crew, they don't fully get it. But video game adaptations, hell, he said it in interviews. He's, yep. He said it's like untapped potential, basically. There's so much you could do. I think he talked about Red Dead Redemption 2. Could be just as good as The Last of Us, if not better. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree too. But like you know he went into this going like, okay, I know what the like what the actual stakes are here. Like we can legitimately make something and change the outlook on video game adaptations. Mm-hmm. And while I don't think they completely changed the game, they didn't change the hierarchy of power of the video game of the video game universe. <laughs> I I think they really helped tip the scales alongside like Sonic the Hedgehog and The Last of Us. Yeah. I think video game movies are finally starting to figure out what they need to do. Because I feel like for years, these movies were afraid of what they were adapting. So it's like, no, we have to be more serious. But now they're like, no, we know what our source material is. Let's just have fun with it. Make changes if you want. For example, in this movie, they changed instead of Princess Peach, it's Luigi. It's Mm -hmm. not a one-for-one story because... You know, Mario's not known for having a story like that. <laughs> yeah. It's not like an overcomplicated plot there. But they keep a lot of the essence of the characters or the fun or Easter eggs. They keep stuff in there to where it doesn't feel like a hollow shell. Yeah. But we were talking about Bowser. <laughs> Sorry to go into that weird tangent. <laughs> but I think it's because of what I was talking about with Jack Black went into this. Like, okay, I know the deal. I gotta actually do something here with Bowser. I gotta bring something to this character. He does a really good job with it, man. Like, even, like, just the small moments of him singing on the piano. (laughs) You don't see that in a Mario game. But it feels like Bowser. I buy it, yeah. (laughs) It's just, it's so good, man. You got anything else to add about Bowser's character here? I don't think so. I think we pretty much hit the nail on the head with Bowser. I love the part whenever he's like in his lair and they're having this if I think it was like a rock concert. At least felt like that. Which yeah. is very Jack Black. Very tenacious <laughs> It's on brand. But he's telling his crew, he's sitting there going like, We're gonna take over the mushroom kingdom and they're all getting hyped. They're like, Yeah oh. man, we're gonna do it. <laughs> He said, and I'm going to get the princess to marry me. And then they all stop, and they're like, wait. Wait, what? (laughs) Do what now? And, you know, I think that motivation, I think it for people who weren't fans of the video games, I had probably threw them for a loop real quick. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, that's the motivation? And everybody who played the game was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much his whole deal. And it's... (laughs) It's not even that he... You know, he's like, oh, he wants to marry her because he wants to rule the Mushroom Kingdom. No, no, he just wants to marry her. That's as simple as that. (laughs) And I I love it, though, because it's such a different motivation that, like, there's a different context of a different kind of movie to where it's like, oh, yeah, this is dramatic and creepy. 
but in the context of this movie, it's just really funny because it's Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. He just makes the whole thing so funny, and you're like, oh my god, this fucking turtle is trying to marry <laughs> Princess Peach and take over the Mushroom Kingdom. And exactly like you said, he's not doing it just to take over the Mushroom Kingdom. He just loves Peach. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. That's his whole motivation. And he doesn't, that doesn't go away at the end of the movie. That's something else I love. Like, if we get a part two with Bowser as the main antagonist again, that's probably going to continue to be his motivation. Yeah. He just, like, thinks, oh, Mario, Luigi, and Donkey Kong get in the way. <laughs> How would you feel about Donkey Kong, though? Speaking of Donkey All Kong. All right. So, Seth Rogen's performance aside, if we're just looking at the character, I kind of liked him. Like, he's, you know, real cocky, really sort of, you know, I'm the best. I don't want to play with anybody else. And I, ca- I kind of thought he was fun, especially his dynamic with Mario. I do agree with you. I think his performance aside, like what they wrote for the character, is really good. It makes sense for Donkey Kong at this point in his life. I love the little part with Diddy Kong continue to cheer him on. And he was like, <laughs> yes. that means you too, Diddy Kong. And he even has a little line like that made me kind of like pop from like my seat. I was like, oh shit, it's Diddy Kong. Because he was like one of my favorite characters growing up. I love how you had this feud with him and Mario too, to where it makes sense considering... Donkey Kong and Mario's real first appearance together. Yep. So it's a nice little callback while also building an eventual friendship. Yeah. Which makes sense. So I really love their feud in this movie. I love how they eventually become friends-ish at the end. I love how they don't fully turn, too, to where they're like, oh yeah, we're best buds now. No, they still like take jabs and stuff. At the yeah, there's still that rivalry there. And I hope that doesn't go away. It feels more healthy, though, at the end. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the standout sequences, though. Yes. Because as we're talking about DK here, I couldn't stop thinking about the ending to where like they were platforming and they are using all their power-ups to take down the Koopas. It's one of my favorite moments in the movie, alongside the Mario Kart sequence and the ending with Mario and Luigi versus Bowser. Were there any like big standout sequences to you? Honestly, everything you said here, because, you know, you have the DK versus Mario, their first, you know, clash, which is just full of references to Donkey Kong games in general, the original one, Donkey Kong Country, Mario Kart, they could have just had them in a cart and be like, hey, look, everybody, Mario Kart. No, they, everything, Mario Kart's there. The the, the weapons, the blue shell, uh, the customization, I mean, it's all there. The shortcut we talked about earlier is there. But my favorite part is the ending when Mario and Luigi finally team up and go after Bowser. As short as it is, that's my personal favorite part of the movie. Yeah, and that's the part of it where we were talking earlier about like a lack of character arc for Mario. Mm-hmm. Of course, the ending does ring a bit hollow to me. Because yeah. you had that moment where Mario's beaten up. He doesn't want to go anymore. He's calling quits. And he looks on the TV to see their commercial. And that's a good moment, but after watching it, you're like, wait a minute. But it, it, what did he... Okay, so was he just tired? And I just gave him a second wind? It, it felt like that was something to where he learned something, and he finally overcame something. But I don't know really what he overcame. Yeah, again, if they would have went with the whole, he doesn't know how to work with Luigi, I think that would have been perfect. He's like, no, I need to work with him, I don't need to 
be his older brother. I need to be just his partner right now. I think that would have worked a lot better. Yeah. So maybe that's something a sequel could do better. But as for an ending, I thought this was a very good ending. It really gave a lot of the people on Earth in Brooklyn some comeuppance. There, it made Mario and Luigi out to be the heroes. Yeah, you said Spike. Sorry, I talked over you there. (laughs) No, yeah, that was that was a very funny moment there. But yeah, it was a great ending. Heroes win. Bowser gets shrunk down. He's eventually gonna get hit somehow and break out of that jail cell. Can't Mm -hmm. wait to see it. But let's talk about the clear direction they're going for a sequel, because the very tail end of the movie. After Lumily gives just one last reminder that life is apparently meaningless, <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to die and go to a void or something, we go back to where Mario and Luigi get sucked up to go to Mushroom Kingdom. There's a little shell sitting there that's mm. about to crack. And then we hear the Yoshi. Yeah. You know, oh man, I'm so excited for this. And you know, I'm not a, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but there was a Godzilla movie in the 90s. And I'm almost certain this is a parody of the last scene in that movie. Dude, because I never thought about that. You were <laughs> so right. I'm all I, I have to rewatch the original scene, but I'm almost certain that's what they were going for. You talking about the one with Matthew Broderick? Yes, yes I am. Oh my god. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that ends with a egg and it cracks and it's like, oh no, there's another Godzilla or whatever. I'm well, pretty that sure that was supposed to be Godzilla's mother. And the ending was the yeah. birth of Godzilla. Yeah. That movie's not great, but that's not important right now. (laughs) Hey, we'll say this. This movie has some problems narratively, and maybe with Mario's character arc or lack thereof. But man, it's way better than that 90s Godzilla movie. Exactly. It's not even close. Again, this is... I've been giving out more ratings here lately. This, But I feel very confident saying this is a 7.5 out of 10 movie. Yeah. I think that's a pretty fair rating. Just going off of... Entertainment value, which, I mean, what else are you going to rate a movie off of like this? Whereas we go back and we watch that 90s Godzilla movie. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, it ain't going to hit a 7. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> Probably not, no. But what are your expectations for a sequel? There's a lot of stuff that I want to see. Yoshi, obviously. I would love to see Wario and Waluigi. I think that would be so hilarious. Um... But I feel like the plot should be Bowser Jr. comes into the picture, and the whole thing is him going to try to save Bowser, and that's the movie. You have Bowser Jr. and the Koopalings. I think that would be perfect. I already see the side plot now. Like, Mario and Luigi meet Wario and Waluigi, <laughs> and then they all they find a way to worm their way into the Mushroom Kingdom, and that's the yes. side plot, is them in the Mushroom Kingdom. Like, they're not really related to the main story until the end. Like, you can already see those wheels in motion. Yeah, and they're just kind of there. Yeah. Because they're not going to be... The, I would assume they wouldn't be the main antagonists. Not saying, like, they're not great no. characters. But they really did seem like they were setting up for... Okay, Bowser's taken out, but not completely. Yeah. Like, he's coming back. So I would assume... Yoshi's going to be Mario's new companion. Maybe you could do something with Luigi kind of feels a little jealous. And you know, now that you're saying that, you can have Luigi be jealous. I think that would be a good way to bring in Daisy. Because you have Luigi kind of gravitating more toward Daisy instead of Mario. And then at the end, they all have to come together. There you go. 
So there's a lot they could do. There's a lot they kept on the back burner mm-hmm. that I think was very smart. They didn't go all in with this movie in terms of let's throw in Waluigi, Wario, Daisy, everything you said. Yoshi's not in this movie. There's yeah. a pack of Yoshis earlier. They should. I wouldn't have showed that. I, I, that's just a nitpick. Don't get me wrong, but I think it would have made the reveal at the very end like, oh shit, it's Yoshi. Would even see Yoshi at all in this movie? Yeah, that would have been better. But let's go ahead and get out of here, man. Let's talk about our favorite and least favorite moments along with our final thoughts. My favorite moment, uh, like I mentioned earlier, is Mario and Luigi getting the star power and just going all out on Bowser. Just, it's just, I feel like there was a lot of build up to that and it just, it made it work, you know, with their parents looking out their, or their family looking out the window and seeing them do the classic jump and then Foreman Spike and then Bowser just realizing that he's lost pretty much. I love that whole sequence. Least favorite? Um, hmm. I guess probably the, uh, I feel like. At the beginning of the movie, the whole no sleep till Brooklyn part, they may have played their hand a little too early, showing Mario be good at platforming. I feel like they could have gotten rid of that, maybe. Or at least show him bad at it. Yeah, because it kind of contradicts later in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Yeah, in terms of favorite moments, there's so much, man. There's so many Easter eggs. The NES cartridge. Oh, man. The beginning. It, that was really good. Cranky Kong unlocks the. Uh, Vault, but oh no, wait, I'm mixing up movies. Never mind, ignore me. <laughs> I was thinking of, I was thinking of Wreck It Ralph because <laughs> the king unlocks the vault by doing the Konami code, but that wasn't this movie. Never mind. <laughs> uh, the antique shop near the beginning of the movie, which is tons of like 8 bit stuff. Um, Charles Martinet characters, the GameCube, the ringtone at the beginning of the movie. The Charles Martinet character is playing... It doesn't say Donkey Kong, but he's playing the original Donkey Kong arcade machine. Uh, <laughs> that whole restaurant's punch-out themed. It's just There's just so much, and I love it all. Yep. So many Easter eggs. There's so many great sequences that we already talked about. A lot of ki- The thing is, too, is like, even... I talked about Fred Armisen. I didn't care for the direction, the creative choice he took the character. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't really feel like Cranky Kong. I talked about Seth Rogen's performance, and I did not like it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Not going to get into why. I already talked about it plenty of times. That being said, I liked all the characters in this movie. Oh, yeah. And even if a character was lacking in one way, like Luigi didn't really get a lot of screen time, but Charlie Day fucking crushed it. Mario doesn't really have a crazy character arc. He doesn't really, to me, learn anything. But Chris Pratt does a really good job and is a really good main protagonist in this movie. Mm-hmm. So it just, if something is lacking, something else brings it up. Exactly. And the one like big constant throughout it all to me is Jack Black as Bowser. Whereas, okay, Princess Peach, maybe she is a little too competent at fighting and everything to where she can't grow in the future. Bonnie Taylor Joy. Meanwhile, Jack Black's just at the top, like, nope, Bowser's perfect. Jack exactly. Perfect. It doesn't change I mean, at all. I Even behind the scenes, there was the interview when Jack Black shows up dressed as Bowser. I mean, come on, <laughs> he's having a blast with it. Oh, man, that's just perfect person to get. He really is. <laughs> More Jack Black and things, please. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's see. Let's put him in the DCU, let's put him in the MCU. Who's he going to play? 
I don't know. It doesn't Let's matter see if he can play Ghost Rider. Uh yeah, Jack Black is Ghost Rider. That's it. No Keanu Reeves. Reeves. Jack Black. I don't know for DC. <laughs> Any, anybody, Lex Luthor, and be like Batman. <laughs> Batman, yes. I know Alfred. He'd be a perfect Alfred. He'd be way too positive to be Batman. <laughs> yeah. He... <laughs> Honestly, Jack Black playing Alfred wouldn't be the. It'd be like one of those things that you're like, no. But then once he, you actually see him, you're like, fuck, he is really good, though. He's, <laughs> the thing people forget, and this has now become a Jack Black appreciation episode. Oh, yeah. But people forget Jack Black, while he's probably never going to win an Oscar for best performance, he's still a really good actor. He can act. He really yeah. can. So I think he could, like, we're joking around and we're being assholes going like, <laughs> yeah, let's put him in MCU as Ghost Rider and DC as Batman. And yeah, we're <laughs> we're not serious here. But if they want to put him in something that's not a joke character or not Bowser, main character in, or main villain in an animated movie, I think he'd do an actual really good job. Yeah. It fit his personality. So. I really think so. Let's get out of here, though, Donnie. Let's talk yes. about what we're working on and where people can find us, what you're working on, and where can the people find you. I am consistently working as a list-based article writer on thenerdstash.com, and you can find me on Twitter at ObsessedCinema underscore. As for me, you can find me in our Discord, link for which is in the description of this very episode. Chat with us about your thoughts on the Super Mario Bros. movie. Anything movie and TV related, anything gaming related. We're massive nerds. We just want to talk yeah, about these kind of things. Uh, but other than our Discord, we also have a Patreon account. If you wish to support us, you can find a link for that in the description as well. None of our podcast content is going to be locked behind that paywall permanently at all. If anything, we might put like content out there early on Patreon, so there's a little more like rewards if you do want to support us but that would be it uh other than that we want to thank you for joining us we want to thank donnie for joining us as well donnie it's been great to have you on these past few weeks and you are not done here just yet because we got another episode man oh yes i'm excited for it i pitched this one to you Next week, we're going to be doing a retrospective on True Detective Season 1. Have you finished the season yet? I have. I finally have, so I'm ready you know, to talk You know, you said it. that with, like, conviction of, I have thoughts. <laughs> which yes. is exactly what I thought. <laughs> right, right after finishing it, I was like, oh yeah, I gotta talk about this. So I can't wait to get into that. We will see you next week. Oh,